Hello, Gunrack Mafia. It is Drew. Uh, this week, I sat down with Robert Hinkle and Nick Johns. Uh, they're both SDI graduates, and they both work as small arms technicians over at Fort Moore. Uh, so we got to talk a little bit about what they do day to day, their experience at SDI, how they started their own sort of SDI Friday, and also they share a couple of couple tales from the range. It's been a while since we've had one of those. So really excited to share this episode with you and yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Lock and load. It's time for the gun rack with your hosts, Joey and Drew. So I am here with Robert Hinkle and Nick Johns. First of all, thank you guys so much again for coming on. Really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to uh, talk with us a little bit about you know your time at SDI and you know what you guys are doing at Fort Benning, or well, I guess now it's Fort Moore, but you know yeah, yeah. You know, a little bit about your role there. Really excited to get into it. So first of all. How are you guys coping with this heat right now? Because I'm I'm a North Carolina boy, you know, and I'm up in the mountains, and it's been brutal here. So I can only imagine how bad it's been for you guys on that Georgia Alabama line. Um, right. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. We we have some AC right now. We're praying that it stays. Oh, really? It does it go out often, or is it not super reliable? It has its times. Oh no. Oh no. Well, we'll be. Si- We'll be sending thoughts and prayers your way. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe a couple fans if we can get to it. So I want to kick things off. Robert, you sent me an email, just kind of laying out some information about you guys. I just want to make sure I have things straight. So Robert, I'll start with you. Uh, you graduated from the certificate program in 2020, and you expect to graduate from the associate's degree program this month. Yes. So this is my last week. Right wow. Here. So I just finished my uh, discussion board, and that was the last thing I had to do. So I'm, I'm hey, done. <laughs> congrats, man. Yeah, thanks. Congratulations. I'm glad uh, I'm glad the timing kind of worked out. A little bit of a last hurrah. Yeah, it was perfect. It was perfect. Yeah. And your role at Fort Moore is your small arms technicians. So basically you service and repair like the various small arms that are at the fort. Yeah, so what it is, Fort Benning or Fort Moore is a, uh, uh, I'm not used to it yet. Yeah, well, I mean, it just happened this year. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, we, so it's a TACOM FMX, and TACOM's a tank and automotive command. And they're actually based in, uh, what is it, Warren, Michigan? Yeah, Warren. Warren, Michigan. And they have FMX field maintenance support. Field maintenance, maintenance expansion. There you go, expansion. <laughs> and uh, so they, they have different sites. We got here, we got Fort Leonard Wood, maybe Jackson, yeah, Fort Jackson, just scattered around at the training installations. And I don't know if everybody's familiar with Fort Moore, but it's a basic training for the infantry, uh, tankers, um, Calvary, scouts. Calvary scouts, and then they got a, a handful, well, not a handful, they got quite a bit of other training specific to those MOSs. And they got Ranger training here. They have the Ranger Regiment here, Airborne, you know, all the schools to enhance soldiers' capabilities. 
So what we do is we support it with weapons, weapons maintenance. So everything that needs a weapon minus the Ranger Regiment, they have their own maintenance uh, department over there to take care of themselves. But we do support the Ranger School, uh, Ranger School. And then we have a main building. We call it the CCEP. I can't tell you, he probably can tell you what this stands for, but we, we call it the CCEP. It's just a main building where all the weapons are stored. And units come in, they draw whatever number of weapons and packages that they need uh, to go do their training. And then we also have satellite shops at two different basic training Brigade. units, brigades. So we have a 197th, we got 198th. So we got a person over at 198 supporting that. Myself and, uh, or to say it correctly, Nick and myself, we support 197th here. So we're at a satellite shop outside of our main shop. And so we do work on a, a plethora of weapons of all the way down to the M17 uh, handgun, pistol. Before we was working on the M9 Berettas to M4s, M249s, 240s, all the variants. There's a, you know, there's Bravos, Charlies, Hotels, Limas, uh, M2A1s, M2 Legacies, uh, original M2s, Mark 19s, Carl Gustafs. Sometimes if you go to, if any of us, we, we go over to the Rangers. They, we got two technicians over at the Rangers, but a few years actually. Ranger school. Yeah, the Ranger School. Probably what four years ago, myself and Nick was at Ranger School working the the weapons over there for about six months. I think Nick stayed a little bit longer than I did, but yeah. over there you get a chance to work on AK-47s and the M14s. Very little, but you know you get your hands on them and, and look on. But what we do is, I know it's a long answer, but uh, it's an inspection, maintenance, and repair. Um, yeah. we, we bridge the gap since this is a training environment. When you have your normal unit, you have your normal mechanics, smarms, people that are actually in the Army. This is a training environment where that gap breacher to make sure maintenance is still performed. Gotcha. We also um, provide support to the sniper school. We work on oh, yeah, all sniper the sniper team. systems. Oh, nice. So you guys sound like a busy men. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that, That's what I'm gathering. Oh, um, yeah. And... Um, so you guys are both, you know, in that same sort of role, correct? Yes. When did you each of you guys start in that capacity? So I started in uh, January of 2019. Okay. And then I joined in February 2019, yeah. the month right yeah. after him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm assuming y'all didn't know each other before starting. That's pretty cool, though, like a month apart. Yeah. So know? we started right around that same time. And then... uh Nick is the one that introduced all of us to SDI. When we started, when we started with the job, his background's an infantryman. My background is a combat engineer. So we've been around weapons our uh, entire adult life <laughs> with the military. But I was not a repairman. I didn't. I didn't. I I, I performed maintenance on them at the end of, at the user level uh, with soldiers and all that. Same, I think, same for Nick. Yeah. We didn't repair them, but when we came on to the job, they, they gave us a opportunity of training on the job training. We did that. And then Nick found SDI and, uh, he started it first and then, uh, referred me to it. And then I started SDI back in probably right around the end of 2019. I think it was when I started this, the certificate program. Yeah. I started 2019. Yeah. I actually so. attempted SDI in 2017. When I got out of the Army, one of my whole ideas was I was watching that show, Sons of Guns, on Discovery Channel back in the day. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to start. I'm going to be a gunsmith. I'm going to be a gunsmith. I started cleaning my guns at my table at the house. I started SDI. I had some things come up to where I couldn't quite finish it. Then 
I kept saying, oh, I'll do SEI and it'll help me get this job. Well, I managed to get this job down the road. And one thing I was thinking about as well, I could still do SEI and kind of help my mindset. It looks better on paper that I have some type of certification versus since we have uh, maybe about two or three guys who are actually schoolhouse trained here, and the rest of us just learned. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So like, did you find out just like through YouTube or like Facebook or something like that or? Yeah, pretty much that, that was it. When, when I was transitioning out, of course, coming from a combat arms MOS, I already started hearing people talk about like, oh, I can go to this school and they're going to teach me to build a rifle and then I get to keep it. And that started sounding very interesting to me. I was like, oh, that, that does sound pretty cool. Yeah. So, and I want to get back to that here in a second first i wanted to ask what led both of you guys to join the military in the first place all right well i'm actually from this area so i was born and raised around the military my grandfather actually used to be a part of the infantry training board back in the day making the training films most of my friends parents were in the military so i mean i grew up right next to what used to be benning so it always seemed cool to me mm. and then it was kind of like at a young age. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to join the military. How long were you in the military for? I was in for six years, and then I got medically retired. Gotcha. Well, uh, I wanted to thank both of you guys for your service, by the way. Um, we definitely appreciate it. And, you know, appreciate you guys still being involved and in helping crews and this next generation coming through. I think that's really awesome. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And, um... Robert, how about you? For uh, joining the military, that was a long time ago, but uh, I joined when I was 17. And uh, I, I came from a very small town down in South Florida, down in the Everglades. Uh, so there wasn't a lot of opportunities. But, you know, my grandfather was in the military, so I'd always hear his stories. My father was in the military. At, or my grandfather was World War II. My, my father was Korean War. Heard their stories, and I had a lot of cousins that were in the military. So it was just a lot of military uncle and all that. Just hearing their stories, that kind of inspired me. And then uh, just the idea of it, I'm not trying to sound all American pie here, but, I mean, just the idea of, you know, ser- serving, serving the country was was uh, pretty pretty inspirational, too. But I served, I served uh, so I was a combat engineer coming in and, uh, okay. and served 28 years and then hmm. uh, retired out. How did you guys end up transitioning from, okay, I'm retiring from the military? Was it sort of like, well, I still want to be involved? And that led to, you know, where you guys are now? Or, yeah, I'd say, uh, Nick, I mean, it's pretty much your hometown, so. Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, when I finaled out and got my retirement certificate, I went, sat on my couch at the house. I was 24 at the time, and I was like, all right, so what am I doing with the rest of my life? And to be honest, I never thought I was going to do anything involving the military again. I worked at the post office and FedEx. I started going to my local VFW, and I met one of the guys we work with now who was there and pretty much was like, we're hiring. You have combat arms experience. You know how to, you know how to operate these weapons. We'll teach you how to fix them. Mm-hmm. And I applied, and I managed to get the job. And uh, for you, Robert? So when I exited out, I applied to a... I, I decided to retire here. Uh, it wasn't my original plan, uh, but this is where I ended up. Everything works out for a reason, I say, I guess. But uh, probably one of the uh, major employers, or Fort Moore, I'm sorry, major employers in the Columbus area. 
Uh, and, there, and there's some other other ones out there, but a good amount of government services here on uh, Fort Benning, Fort Moore. And uh, so that's what led me to it. I applied for a lot of jobs. So I exited out. I think I, I officially retired the end of August of 2014. And I got hired on and started working again in October of 2014 at the uh, hospital here on base, Martin Army Hospital. And I worked in the emergency department as a clerk. I would check people into the emergency room, you know, see them on their worst days that they were having and uh, check them out. I worked there for about four, four or five years. And uh, and then this job, the making a small arms repairman, uh, it was just networking and a friend uh, told me about it. And then there was a job fair. They were doing some direct hire because there were short personnel. And I went over there and uh, interviewed with the uh, our uh, director at the time back then. And then our division chief right there on the spot and uh, was hired and came in. That's how, so that's how that worked out. All right. So doing, doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, cool deal. Cool deal. Thank you guys. So Nick. Let me interrupt you for a minute. Oh, go for since it. We, since we were talking about hiring, if anybody's interested in coming to Fort Moore, I don't know. I'm not a hiring official. I'm just a worker bee. I just do what uh -huh. I'm told here. But I, I know we are short personnel right now. And uh, if they're interested in becoming small arms uh, repairmen, they might want to keep a lookout on USA Jobs uh, if they're interested in coming to Fort Moore, uh, because I'm sure they're going to be posting jobs pretty soon for this particular job to try and hire some more people. Okay, cool, cool. And no, I appreciate that. And you said that was USA Jobs. Yeah, um, USA Jobs. Is it gov? Yeah, yeah dot gov. Cool. It's the government's version of Indeed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cool. So, you know, guys, you heard that. Be sure to check that out if you are interested. Again, that's usajobs.gov. So, Nick, again, you kind of being the first one to take that SDI path. Real quick, when did you graduate? I did a split. So I did certificate first. Mm -hmm. I graduated in 2020. Then about a year later, I started. Then I graduated right around, I think, November 21 or December 22. Okay. Okay. I'm sure both of you guys are pretty happy to have seen the end of that journey to, you know, be able to finally say, okay, completely graduated, Robert, you know, this week. So definitely something worth celebrating. What were some challenges that each of you guys faced while you were enrolled at SDI that like, you know, maybe impacted you and how you studied or, you know, during your time there and how did you overcome them? Uh, my big things were I'm a terrible procrastinator. So Same. between my wife and self-realization, I had to kind of get a lot better about my time management. Just some of the projects sometimes would have you second guess. I'm like, am I doing this right? But one of the biggest challenges I think that I had, but the best thing I did was I was still in with the 80% lowers for the AR was going on. So I got to do that. And mm -hmm. my father passed um, in November, but he was around, of course, during that time. And it was, it was probably one of the coolest memories I have of him in the last several years is he watched me mill out that 80%. He was so fascinated with it. That's always probably my best memory of the course. And yeah, I mean, just time management was my biggest killer. Well, I'm terribly sorry about your loss, by the way. Uh, but you. it sounds like that was a nice memory to have. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, Robert, is there anything that sticks out to you? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to go first on answering these questions from now on because I'm forgetting the questions. Like I remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You answered the question. <laughs> no. Yeah, the uh, challenge. That was it, right? Yes, the challenge. challenge. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm 55 years old, mm -hmm. so uh, I, I, I dabbled in college courses here and there over the years, but it's been a great while since I was in school, and then, so just getting back in that environment and. Uh, yeah, just getting back in that school environment and and having having those those time requirements to meet, which wasn't really difficult. Uh, my mm -hmm. kids are grown grown and uh, moved out of the house, and uh, I get grandkids every once in a while. So it was just you know just timing it just right on the week. So sure. no no challenges there. Sure, and yeah, that's a good point. Like, is it essentially like a nine to five for you guys? Yeah, for 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 the work. Yes. Yeah, I do 7.30 to 4. Yeah. 7.30 to 4. Okay. Is that like Monday through Friday? Or is yes. it like, yes, gotcha. That's nice. You get the weekends. Well, let me ask you about that. So, you know, come weekend time or, you know, when you guys have free time, what are some things that you'd like to do? It, it sounds like you both have families. Yes. Okay. So I imagine, you know, being with the family, doing stuff like that. Um Oh, and I wanted to ask you, Robert, what led you to going to school? Because I know, I know, Nick, you were sort of the first one to go to SDI, and then your word kind of spread. But what was it for you, Robert? That I guess why did you decide to go to school? So, so a couple, couple reasons. Mm -hmm. um, first, like I said, I just started this job in 2019 mm -hmm. of January, and I think I started the school and I don't know, it was towards the end of. September, October timeframe of 2019. So I was nine, 10 months into this job. Uh, the, the people that were doing on the job training for me was outstanding. I learned, I mean, it was like drinking from a water hose, fire hose, <laughs> just, uh, you know, trying to soak all the information yeah. in. But I wanted something a little bit more. And uh, Nick was telling me about the school. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I can pace myself. And, and uh, it, it just seemed like a right thing to do just to enhance my knowledge and, and, and abilities. And, and it did, and it, it did do that. Um, so that was one reason. <laughs> the other reason, you know, a lot of military members are, you know, post 9-11 GI Bill. And mm -hmm. you, know, you get that little extra cash on every month, you know, if you're in school. Uh -huh. And the, the thing that, uh, or appealed to me about SDI too, it was that uh, online, online coursework, but also hands-on because y'all just send the labs. Uh, material to us to get hands on so that, that, that was a you know a few different reasons there gotcha and um you both kind of took that path of doing the certificate program and then re-enrolling into the associate's degree program correct yes yeah uh, what was the motivating factor behind that was it just hey i already have all these credits i'm already pretty close to getting you know, the associates might as well do it or yeah that was pretty much it like I finished it and I was telling myself, like, you know, it really wasn't that bad. I hopped back in, finished this little bit left. I, I have an associate's degree, which is something I didn't have before. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So you made mention of the fact that there's five of you guys, technically, that sort of work, you know, in the same building, same underneath the same umbrella. And five of you have graduated or are getting ready to graduate SDI, which that's incredible. That's awesome to hear. But I also heard that you guys do SDI Fridays. And I figured we're <laughs> recording this on a Thursday. Uh, that's coming <laughs> up tomorrow. Uh, could you guys just 
kind of tell me how that came about, what it usually entails, and also how can we get you guys some new shirts? Yeah, awesome. So yeah, there was there's five of us that uh that that have graduated or will graduate here shortly. Uh, Nick, myself, Creel, he works at the main shop. Uh, but we just when Nick and I was going through it, we talked to other people about the school. And then Krill got interested and he came to Nick and myself and was asking about the school. He enrolled. He did the certificate as well. And he's finished with it. I forgot when he finished, but he currently has his own FFL and actually yeah. working working guns as a side business. Yep. So he opened up a little home um gun smithing shop oh, uh, nice. after he finished and and uh his certificate. And he, and he's also now he's enrolled in another school for for a machinist but it's, it's going there every day. So he, he's pursuing a little bit different avenue. Our uh, quality insurance inspector, he enrolled in it. Uh, a big uh, factor for him was to, then these guys are, well, Krill's about my age, maybe a little bit younger, but Nick, Zachary, and uh, Cody are all about the same age in their early 30s, but they never had completed a degree. And that was something I think was a big factor for them just so they can be more competitive in the workforce to further their career. And this was a great way because it was something that was very valuable to them, very interesting to them, and the convenience of it as well. Uh, so that's what they did. And Cody, he graduated with a uh, degree. He plunged right into it, did the whole degree program. And uh -huh. uh, he, he graduated last year sometime, I can't remember. And then Zachary, he's our the lead, the, the supervisor for us, for Nick and myself at this satellite shop. And uh, he... I think Cody kind of inspired him to do it just to get that degree as well. And uh -huh. then uh, and then these guys, I kept on telling them, hey, go back, get your degree, get your degree, get your degree. And they're like, what about you? And I was like, I don't <laughs> want to do it. But then went ahead and did it. And then, uh, so. Uh, STI Friday just kind of came as a, yeah. kind of a joke. Like, yeah. we would all wear our shirts every now and then. It's like, you know, we should just start wearing them every Friday. And uh -oh. some people kind of just don't like how we boast about how we all went to school <laughs> a little bit because we we clown about it. So we'll all like wear them and over uh -oh. and like how cool SDI was, and we we have fun with it. Yeah, I mean, you got to, you got to, and yeah, that is one thing, Robert. You mentioned that um, some of the shirts have you know worn down or. <laughs> oh, um, <yeah>. you, <laughs> After being retired, you know, uh, you, you pack on the calories. <laughs> oh, I understand. Uh, listen, I, I just got married in November, and my waistline from that has oh, – I appreciate that. But my waistline has you know started to grow. I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble. But, yeah, I definitely need to send you guys some shirts. So, you know, maybe after this call, just tell me, again, oh, yeah. like, shipping address that I can you know, sure. send that to you. Because, you know, we love to get you guys set up. What speaking of SDI, what were skills for each of you that you learned while you're at school that have helped you now? Personally, for me, because I, I was, I was, I was like, I know they're going to ask this question. I was trying to reflect back on all the courses that you know that you take and mm -hmm. trying to remember. But two of them really stood out in my mind. One was the uh, the lab for the AR. I guess it was a lab for the AR-15 build. Mm -hmm. uh, I chose the AR-15 build, but it was at the same time that we were actually working over at the Ranger Training uh, Battalion, mm -hmm. and majority of those weapons are M4s. In our main shop, you don't get the chance to work on M4s that often, not very, very seldom, actually. So you have to go to that site to, to work on them. And then so we was having on-the-job training, but the, but the build was happening at the same time, my coursework, 
for that. So it just really tied it all together for me. Mm -hmm. So I could go home and I could get hands on and then doing all the reading and the writing and the assignments and everything. It just really, really pieced it in. The second one was the advanced ballistic course. The ballistic course, the basic ballistic course, I think I'll call it something different now. It, it was good, but the advanced ballistics I really enjoyed. And again, it was just timing for me because, how do I say it? So certain things was happening at our shop and and we were just having a, a discussions and it was a prolonged discussion of uh, about headspace on a particular weapon system. And, and again, it was at the same time in the advanced ballistic class that we were discussing some of those some of those terminologies, some of the definitions, you know, the the measurements, you know, where to go look for information, et cetera. And so it just really, because I, I gave a presentation to my director about the headspace. So it all just helped me do that. And and uh, so it, it, it was good. It just gave a very solid foundation. And I'll say, I don't know if SDI will make you a gunsmith as soon as you get out of, of doing it. But it will give you a solid foundation to build from to make you a gun gunsmith, if that's mm -hmm. fair. I, I guess that's a good way to say it. Yeah. Uh, uh, you got to start somewhere, and that's and it's a good place to start, and it gives it that. And and, there's, and, and other courses, I'm not trying to disregard all the other oh, you're, courses you're that we good. took, but those two really stood out in my mind personally. For sure. And, yeah, that would make sense, especially with how they, you know, they coincided with what was happening to you, you know, at work. So I think that's really cool. And, you know, kind of a crazy coincidence how that worked yeah. out. Yeah, I'd say for me, I agree with his points, but my two biggest are foundation. It did help out my overall foundation. And the probably the top one, I would say, was thought process. Mm -hmm. It helped me start thinking a lot more versus just going, not really going through the motions, but I mean, kind of going through the motions. Like, all right, this broke. All right, well, why could that be broke? Could that be this part right here? Helping me really help diagnose what could mm. be more possible reasons why that part's broke besides just saying, hey, that part's broke. So like almost like giving like a guide or something like or like a yeah. mental map of like, OK, if A happens, then, you know, for B, C, you know, I got you. Yeah. I got you. I don't know what he said. I know mm -hmm. the I forgot what class it was in, but it was talking about the cycle of operation. And writing the papers is a pain in the butt that they are to do. <laughs> yeah. It makes you, like you said, it makes you focus, makes you think about, well, what is, what is the next step? You know, and like I, you know, we work on guns every day. We just do it. You know, we're not explaining sure. it to anyone. We're just doing it. When in the school, you got to explain yourself with the paper because you, you got to turn in an assignment. So yeah. that was, that was a big one too, the cycle of operation. I was like, wow, well, we know this, but how do you word it? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, no, I, I feel you there. Um, do you guys have any sort of last words about SDI and, you know, what your experience was there that you want to share? Or Yeah, I'll go. Okay. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, if anybody's debating it, I, um, I, I would say jump on it. You're, you're not going to lose anything. You're going to gain something. Uh, is every course, are you going to enjoy every course? I, I don't know. Maybe not, but you're still gaining something. And that's the wonderful thing about, and I'll say the firearm industry or for me was if our job, it becomes redundant sometimes because we're doing the same gun all the time, the same mm -hmm. gun. However, if you keep an open mind, willingness to learn, and, you know, and, and search out these things like these courses like SDI to do, you will always learn something almost every day. You'll learn something new every day. And SDI 
kind of opened my eyes to that as well. And, uh, you know, and, and even like taking a course, I was like, I already know this. And then get into the course a couple of weeks later, oh, I don't know this. Let me read and figure this out, you know. So, yeah, I, if anybody's on the fence, I jump on it and do it. You, you won't be disappointed. I appreciate you saying so. I did want to ask you guys, because you did bring up a good point. Like, you guys tend to work on the same firearms day in, day out. I wanted to ask for both of you, do you have a favorite gun that you get to work on? Or do you have a least favorite firearm? Like the one that's just a total pain in the butt. Like, oh, goodness gracious. Okay, we got like 12 of these that we have to do. I'd say my least favorite probably is probably a 50 count. <laughs> just because there's a lot of random small things. <laughs> He's uh -huh. laughing he knows. And my favorite, even though I can do um, saws pretty quick, I'd say it's probably the T40 Bravo. It's just when you're working on guns like more and more, Team 40 has a really good flow when I'm taking the parts around and checking it versus all the other weapons. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, I'm a little, a little opposite. I like working on the 50 cal. Uh, really? Okay. Uh, it, it's just a, it's just bigger. You know, uh, to me, it's just, it's just, it, it's easier parts to grab a hold of. Mm. <laughs> uh, and then the Mark 19. Mark 19 is, you know, the 40 miller gr grenade launcher. And uh, it's intimidating when you first do it. But after you you do it a few times, it, uh, I enjoy that one as well. So those are probably my two my top two. I, I would really like two four nine. I can't stand working on the two four nine because we do <laughs> so many of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just so much. I mean, we did the uh, last two days over a hundred. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The last two days and over a hundred. And, and and when we come off of this. We We're gonna go out there and work on two four nines again. Oh my gosh! Well, how so, many? I mean, how many typically, or how many firearms? I guess do you typically work on on a day to day basis? I so know that's that a thing fluctuates, yeah. but yeah. So what I just said, as far as working on a hundred of them, that's a fluke. I mean, that's not a that's not normal uh, okay. for us to do. Uh, we do work on a lot, but that's not normal. The uh, only reason we're doing that is because of a training mission coming up for, for these soldiers that yeah, we're supporting, and they got to have the guns. So we had to push a little bit harder to, to get them the guns they needed. But every gun has a, a, a technical manual to go through and tell you exactly what to look for, what steps to follow, what parts to order, parts number you order, whatever you need. The other part in that technical manual, we, had, we call it a MAC chart. And it tells you exactly breakdown on how much time you get for each gun and for each thing you do on your gun. So, for instance, I think a, a 249 gives you 1.1 man hours, which is just a little bit over what is a, like it's a, like a one hour and six minutes. Okay. That's how much time is allotted to you to do that. Is it going to take you one hour and six minutes? Probably not. But that's how much you're allotted to. Uh -huh. So, on a typical day, as far as like work requirement is an eight-hour day, so there's eight guns, well, seven guns, actually, of two four nines, And then so every gun's a little bit different. But typically, we're probably doing, I'd say, probably like 18 two four nines a day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 50s, maybe eight 50s a day, something like that. Okay. So not not every day is like, you know, 100. Nah. Okay. No. We, we, have to earn, we have to earn our paycheck every night. Okay. <laughs> Oh, cool deal. Uh, so, yeah, I mentioned uh, the podcast earlier. Uh, 
It's called the Gun Rack. I don't know if you guys have listened to it before or not, but I've listened to a few of them. Okay. I don't know if you've listened recently, but we have a segment that we like to do. It's called Tales from the Range. Uh, and basically, it's just a collection of funny stories or like, you know, goofs that people have seen happen at ranges or when they've gone out hunting or whatever. And I wanted to ask, and if you don't want to share, that's totally fine. But I wanted to ask if either of you guys had a funny story that you've seen occur at a range or you know just when you were out i mean we deal with basic trainees so you see a lot they, of them <laughs> they don't have to really be on the range to see some pretty funny stuff with the way the drill starts yelling at them but a lot of our stuff tends to be since we don't get be on the range often we just get the mistakes on our table mm. like, oh, somehow this gun blew up i wonder how that happened so y'all get the aftermath of it, you know. Yeah. You get to catch it. We really get the fun, the fun actually seeing it happen often. Oh well, then in that case, you just end up making up stories like, "Well, I you know, wonder how it happened like this." Oh, I bet you know so and so. Probably the some of the funnier funnier ones we've seen was when we were over at Ranger School. They had to jump with their rifles, and we had one that came in that they used the rifle to break their fall. That thing oh. was destroyed. Like, we were like, how did this even happen? <laughs> it, was, it was gone. Well, how steep was the fall? Um, Them jumping out of a plane. So, yeah, a decent distance. Oh, yeah. We also had a machine gun barrel that apparently got stuck in the Bradley's tur um, turret. So, it was like bent, bent. Like, that That was an interesting one. So, how about the... Uh... The sewage truck running over all the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About a year or two ago, out here mm -hmm. on base, they had to put all their extra barrels for some reason out in one of the training areas, and a sewage truck drove past and ran over all the barrels. And I had... They ended up on my desk, and I had to sit there, <laughs> gauge, gauge all these, look at all what was broken so they could find out that amount to actually charge the company that ran them over. Uh -huh. so, oddly enough, Besides a couple of broken heat shields, there was really nothing wrong with them. When they told me I was having to do that, I was honestly hoping for a little more carnage, but I was kind of disappointed on it. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure your day will come before long. You'll get more than you bargained for, but uh, awesome. Well, Robert, Nick, thank you guys so much again for uh, coming on and uh, sharing your SDI experience, talking about what you do. And um, also for some uh, decent tales from the range. I appreciate that. I'll say one more thing. If anybody who is listening is currently a soldier out here at Fort Moore or around the area with base access, whenever you release this podcast, I'll post on the SCI Facebook group. They can always contact me if they want to come out here and watch us work on some guns if they have access to base. We will gladly show them the process and stuff. So we have a few soldiers right now in this unit who are going to SDI. Whenever we find that out, we always tell them, you have time, come down here. We will, we will show you how we gauge stuff. We will show you everything we do. We're not going to let you, of course, work a gun because that's a safety hazard. But if you want to help broaden your mindset on stuff, we'll be glad to show you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Guys, yeah, you heard them. You are currently stationed at Fort Moore. 
formerly known as Fort Benning. Make sure you hit up uh, Robert and Nick on that. That sounds really cool. All right, guys. So that was the episode. Again, we want to thank Robert and Nick for hopping onto the podcast uh, and taking the time out of their day to uh, talk with us and you know share a little bit of what they do. Uh, yeah, until next week, that has been the Gun Rack. Have fun, stay safe, and we will see you at the range. Sonoran Desert Institute is an online school accredited by the DEAC. It is headquartered at 1555 West University Drive in Tempe, Arizona. For more information about how you can craft your firearms future, visit sdi.edu.